Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Mr. Ben Arrington. How the devil are you? How the devil, how the devil are you? I'm very well, Luke. How are you? Yeah, bad. I've got some facts. I'll crack it open now. Got my nice bottle of Corona. Ah. Should have said. Actually, wait there. Hang about. Right. Hang about. <laughs> bottle of Corona. Have you got one as well? No, I've got a little brew dog. But I think okay, cool. if we're gonna have a if we're gonna have a beer, I don't want you to have a beer on your own, mate. Yeah, can't the last uh, one I got left. Uh, what I normally do, I normally get like a three bottles for the weekend, and then three bottles. Of, if you get the three, it's like that six quid or something. He said, "Why don't you just get like the the twelve for ten deal?" And I said, "Well, if you get that, I'm gonna drink them all." That's a slippery slope. That is. And then she went, if you're going to get 12 for 10, why don't you get 50 <laughs> you for 20? Bar? Yeah. <coughs> but I'm blasting. Oh, that's really a good idea, this. actually. I'm happy about that now. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. If they're there, they need to be drunk. They're looking at you. Yeah. It's like I've suddenly got a problem. But <laughs> maybe I do. So, other than that problem, have you um, seen any of the horror news at all? Uh... Seen a couple of bits and bobs. I, don't, I feel like I'm missing something huge. Yeah. Well, did we but... talk about the Fangoria stuff? I guess I don't know if we no. want to talk about the Fangoria stuff. No. Well, I don't know. Oh, maybe we didn't. Did you want to talk about the Fangoria well, stuff? I don't know. I mean, I would just say it's been a very disappointing couple of weeks for me. Um, mm. uh, Rob Galuzzo is the host of Shockwaves podcast. I really love that podcast. I listen to it every week, almost like a religion. And then you feel like you know someone so well when you listen to the podcast. And then you find out this hor- horrendous stuff about them. And it's just, 
kind of rocks your world a bit. And then the next week, Horse of Fat Warren Ellis came out. I was like, Yeah. Oh, oh Warren Ellis. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Again, it's disappointing. There's been a lot of that in the in the British wrestling world oh, as okay. well. I don't know if you heard a lot about that. Like, uh, no, no. a lot of people coming out with stories of a lot of people taking advantage of their positions of power and yeah it's not good it, it seems like uh the world is going through a sort of cleansing thing at the minute where everyone's sort of saying me too <laughs> like yeah just, yeah maybe like a second wave of it after the me too movement but uh yeah yeah all positive i suppose in the in the long run yeah it's a shame in so, some ways but it has to be done i guess so what does that mean for the future of the Shockwaves podcast? Because he was just a co-host, right? Yeah, but I think he was kind of like the lead. I won't say the leader, but he. I got the impression he did a lot of the organizational side of stuff. Mm. Um, uh, I think it's still going to go on. I don't know. They've not done a couple of weeks worth now. Um, I guess mm. they've just got to leave it for a bit. And then yeah. Come back to it. It may be weird, but they've, they've got to keep going. It's, um, I don't know. Podcasts are an important medium. I feel like people maybe undervalue them, but when they're not there, you do miss them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so when did that come out? That was like last week or something, wasn't it? And he, yeah, I think he just tweeted yeah. he was resigned from his position at Fangoria. Um, to be fair, I didn't look too much into it. I kind of saw a very brief, vague description of what had happened, but I didn't really know much about it's, him, so it all kind of came out from from the Fangoria stuff. Um, some producer at Cinestate is like a bit of a Harvey Weinstein sort of character. Um, so the people at Fangoria said to Cinestate, because Cinestate own Fangoria, you need to distance yourself from us. And I think it's been done. A lot of people at Fangoria have left, so it looks like Fangoria is on the rocks. Mm. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's um, it's crazy. It's just feels like there's a lot of good stuff happening and it's sort of dissolving. Yeah, dissolving for shoots of progress to appear afterwards, though, from whoever. I like it. Decent people. Yeah. I like it. That's where we come in, Luke. We step in again. <laughs> right, guys, come on. Right, guys. We're at the reins now. I've none of this shit. Uh. I don't know if you saw the Candyman little short like a film. Taster sort of thing, yeah. Little taster. So uh, Nida Costa shared this this week. Um, a little puppets, paper puppets. Looks taster. Amazing. Like it looks really good. I tried, I saw a little bit, but I tried not to watch much because I was a little bit, oh. see, I was thinking spoilers, but I was like, well, it's a bloody remake, isn't it? So what am I talking about? Um, but yeah, it does yeah. look it does look awesome. Um, music. Did we get? I feel like that was we, the, the Bernard. Yeah, it sounded a bit like that. Yeah, did we? So apparently, um, September twenty fifth, two thousand twenty. So in terms of cinemas reopening, I know that I think the only one in the UK I've heard about is Cineworld, who are reopening on July the tenth, and I think they're showing like. Empire Strikes Back or something. Apparently, Mulan is supposed to be coming out like towards the end of July. Yeah, Tenet. So Tenet is supposed to be screening as well, and I feel like I, it doesn't matter. I need to see that on the big screen. I just yeah. need to go watch that. Well, apparently, he said um, Christopher Nolan said this is 
the one film out of all of his films that you would recommend seeing on the big screen, whether he means IMAX or just yeah. in a theatre. But yeah. That's when I went to watch nice. uh, so, Interstellar at the cinema, it's, it's uh, maybe the best cinema. Uh, it's up there with Avengers. A couple of other moments, but it's up there with one of the best cinematic sort of experiences I've yeah. had. Um, when do you think everything will kind of be like release schedules at least, do you think they'll start getting back to normal in September? Because I know a lot, of, a lot of people have been saying September for a lot of the, the releases in May, June, July that we didn't get. I know things like Bond are going to be November, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. But <laughs> I mean, it seems like people have got bored with the coronavirus anyway. They're just sort of <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But then if they open them, are they going to do like a, a distancing thing or like every two or three they seats? Have to. Yeah, they have to do something like that. Because that's going to annoy I me mean, more, than, more than usual. I so get annoyed quite with a lot and uh, the social distancing is already in place. Like it's never full. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Right across from someone else. Yeah, but babe, this is again, the landscape of everything is going to change for su- such a long time. Like people who probably didn't go to the cinema are going to be like, Oh, go to the cinema. Bloody lovely. Like everyone who took up jogging when lockdown happened. Um, people, when the cinemas reopen, everyone's going to be flocking to them. I could watch a film in a big room. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Also, this so last week we got the PS5 reveal video. Um, and even though there wasn't loads of stuff about horror, we did get a big, big reveal, which I didn't really expect to happen then. I don't know if you did, but... Um, of did Resident Evil 8. Or... Did you even realise it was until it said? I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't realise it was until about halfway through the trailer when I saw the Umbrella logo. Um, I think because like my cynical head was sort of convinced that there's absolutely no way we're going to get a Resident Evil 8 trailer at yeah. this point. I just did not, I honestly did not think it was. And because of all the, le- it looked identical to all the leaks we'd heard. And I know I'd been, I'd been reporting this on the podcast every few weeks when we heard new stuff. And as soon as it did seem to, to include werewolves and witches and vampires and a village, a big creepy village, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. It's all come true. The Resident Evil, Resident Evil village, which has obviously got the eight of the Roman numerals in the word, which is pretty you know, ingenious. They couldn't have not used that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, looks like a cross between Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil 4. Yeah, definitely. Um, Ethan is like the main character again. I mean, I'm really happy that they're sort of continued with Seven. I was um, been playing a bit of Seven again recently, um, mm. and I just really enjoy that first person horror perspective. And it's really cool that they're doing more of that. I did see one thing. I don't know. What, I don't know if they needed to use Ethan because he was a sort of a non character to allow you to be, yeah, the, the, the sort of protagonist in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did see like. Um, there was like developers talking about it and they were saying we, we're adding more action. You know, we've listened yeah. to you and we want to put more action into the game. And I was like, I don't think anyone, anyone no. has said that. No, it's almost like um, Resident Evil 7 was like a scaled back, like scale. It's almost like right, we went too action heavy with six. It was like a action movie. So now yeah. we're going to scale that back a bit. And after just one installment, <laughs> they've gone, we're going to crack the action up a little bit more. You know? I feel like even even in Resident Evil Seven, like the action stuff is, like you have a chainsaw fight at one point. I kind of feel like that's why do you need to go more than that? I, I don't know. guess what it is is like Resident Evil Seven wasn't 
advertised as an action heavy game was it i know when you play it, it does go into action heavy places it was advertised as yeah. a lot a lot different but this is like people with giant axes leaping off of roofs uh <laughs> werewolves like coming at you vampires yeah. sucking on your blood um i mean it looks looks cool um i'm excited to Play it. Definitely, yeah, the werewolves I'll... aspect looks a lot better than I thought. In your mind, werewolves mm. don't work properly, like in that scary sense. No, but I think one thing I was thinking is that, like, it they can explain everything away in Resident Evil just by saying, "Oh, it's a bioweapon." Yeah, <laughs> that's they can just explain everything away. Werewolves, yeah, we've done werewolves. Got some witches, got some vampires. What? What's that about? It's just a bioweapon we were working on, and uh, they've all got <laughs> loose. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much it. So Chris obviously looks nothing like Chris did in Resident Evil Seven either. So that's obviously a bit confusing. Yeah, he looks like a bad guy in this as well, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yep, should be cool though. Uh, what else have we got in terms of news? There were a couple of things I read. Um, one thing about did you hear about a <laughs> uh, 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 Alien Five treatment? Walter Hill um, ex- exists and apparently he wants Ripley to come back in this, but I think it was written before. Um, the Blomkamp Alien film, and then even before Ridley Scott's new trilogy of movies, even though there's only two so far. Um, but yeah, there's something else out there that exists that could Alien possibly... Resurrection. Yeah. How old is um, Sigourney Weaver now, though? You know, as long as further time goes on. Yeah. It sounds disrespectful to a horror icon. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, How old are you? Um, and then I also saw that Deep Blue Sea 3 will be released this July. Apparently it's being released on the July 28th. And I didn't even know, I didn't even see number two. I think I saw Advertise, but this is apparently genuine naff. Looks naff. Yeah, I thought I'd just drop that in there for some reason. I don't know. Enough said, yeah. Enough said, that, mate. Um, that Kevin Bacon film. I've kind of not had my eye on the ball with like new films coming out, uh, but there's that Kevin Bacon horror that's come out. Yeah. Yeah, He's, I think I saw um, that advertised. I've only it's called seen something some... like, yeah, like isn't you're it not, called something like you should have left or <laughs> that's the one, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I saw some people complaining because it's like a sixty-year-old man married to a thirty-four-year-old woman. Um, ah, uh, maybe that's you know when, but... when you Kev- when you Kevin Bacon, yeah, exactly. when you Kev- Kevin Crispy Bacon, sixty-one years old though, man. I mean, when you look at him, no way. He's yeah. looking good. He's looking like a side of back bacon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, looking sharp. So I d- I d- I've heard mixed things. I don't know about the film. I, I haven't good. heard anything about it. I saw the poster and I went, oh, there's a film. <laughs> I literally didn't know anything about it. So, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I think there's been something else as well that's come out. Or it's coming out. I've not really been paying attention to there's some new things on Shudder as well. Scare Package or something as well. Yeah, like yeah, I've heard about this. I want to watch that. Scare Package Anthology. Wasn't there something else about a videotape film? Yeah, uh, uh, videotape. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. I need to like... This, this is the thing. I think I'd be more invested in Shudder if I could watch it like on, on your, my TV. On I think I said that, I yeah, said that yeah. before. On my PlayStation or on my TV because currently I think the only way I can watch it is on my Mac. And I just don't really want to. 
don't really want to sit there and watch a film. Or you a could sign up through your Amazon Prime account if you've got Amazon Prime and watch it through your Amazon. Yeah, yeah, I think you said that, yeah. But I don't think you get also, everything. Yeah. I've just seen this, but Puppet Combo, the oh, yeah. video game developer, horror, horror, classic horror. Um, so I played The Glass Staircase, which I know you've it. been playing as well. I couldn't finish it, Luke. It, I, I officially let it beat me because. Wait, wait, <laughs> was, how far did you get into it? Uh, so I got killed by the big bit, the big bad, like towards the end. You know, when you're in that room and it, and the guy attacks you, and yeah, the big scary red guy. Basically, I, I think my controls were set up a little bit incorrect. Yeah. Um, I kept getting like the door animation twice, so it took me ages to get to where I was, and when you die. You oh, kind of yeah. have to go back a long yeah. way. And it happened to me twice, and I just thought, I can't do it again. I, I honestly can't. Uh, and I just let it beat me, and I hate to be that guy, but I did. But he's released a new um, game called The Enigma of Salazar House, a point-and-click adventure retro horror game, um, which I think has just been released this week. Yeah, they're, they're becoming more of like a horror game publisher now, other than just yeah. so it's not just, so it's not just So it's not just one person then, I don't think. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, uh, that's cool. Yeah. So yeah, I'll give that. I'll give that a little go. Uh, sweet. Have you been watching anything this week? Uh, I watched um, <clears throat> something that we'll talk about next week. Uh, but I did watch. Um, someone was telling me. I think I was on a Discord. I was talking about um, Takashi Miike films because I need to watch okay. some more Takashi Miike. <clears throat> I don't think I've seen all that much. Probably like five mm-hmm. films out of his fifty. And then they said, no, you don't need to watch any more Takashi Miki films. You need to watch some, uh, a guy called Sion Sono. Um, okay. He's like the modern uh, version of Takashi Miki, I guess. Uh, so I had a look around. There's quite a lot of films by this guy called Sion Sono. Uh, the, one, the only one I could find to watch, though, uh, was on Amazon Prime called, called Tag. And it's okay. the most inspiring. Bat shit insane film <laughs> I've seen in a long time. So it starts off. Um, I pretty want to. It might just be best going blind, but I mean, skip ahead thirty seconds if you, if you don't want to hear this. But so it's about a girl who's <clears throat> on a bus, on a school bus, and they go for some school trip or something. She drops her note on the in the aisle in the aisle way, whatever you call that in the bus gangway. Yep, uh, gangway. Bends down to pick it up. And then, you know, in a ghost ship where the rope slices through yeah, uh, everyone, that happens, but it's like a particularly sharp wind and it slices through the top half of the bus and through everyone, all these girls, that she, the girl stands up and then she's surrounded I've by... Definitely, I've definitely seen that. I've seen that Oh, okay. Moment. Someone else said that because I think it might be a gif or something. Yeah. Um, and then she, um, <clears throat> she goes, like she's completely covered in blood. The wind chases her for a bit. And then she, she escapes it, washes herself down in the river, and then goes to um, goes to school. But no one believes her what, what happened. So, it's, but she doesn't seem to like push that this crazy thing happened. She just eventually, ten minutes later, she goes, "Okay, we're at school." And if she goes to school, that's normal. <laughs> like, she's down with her friends. <laughs> just getting on with her day. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean it's an to, absolutely absolutely insane film. <clears throat> but it's kind of cool. It's got a lot of like post rock shoegaze kind of music. Running through it, oh, right. it's kind of sweet. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it's horror, but it has got. It's just it's just a madcap genre blend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'll be checking out more of his films. But that's that was that was a that was a experience. What's that film called? Sorry, 
Tag. Tag. Oh yeah, you said that. Yeah. Yeah. And where did you watch that? That's on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting indeed. Um. So I've been kind of on this journey of watching like sequels to classic horrors that kind of in, in preparation for the double bill that we're going to do next week. Also just because I realized that some sequels, like I've just never seen or never even given the time of day, despite the fact that some of them have got like quite classic um, moments in them that yeah. kind of, I recognize as like, Oh, I've seen that before. Oh, I recognize that. I did the two Potter guys films, obviously fairly recently. Oh, yeah. um, this week I did the exorcist sequels, exorcist two and the exorcist three. I don't think um, I've ever seen two, but I've seen three. Good. Yeah, so two is like, um, feels almost feels like it's not a spiritual successor to the original because it's got some really like unique themes and stuff. It's sort of like, okay, it's like, okay, so we've got demonic possession, but also this <laughs> weird sort of like psychological, spiritual um, stuff, to, stuff of like tribes and the origin of the Pazuzu demon and like what it means and and uh tra- and uh planes of existence and and it's just all like really weird but i kind of find it a bit fascinating and uh, like it's been it's got absolutely panned by reviews and critics yeah, mark like it's really really negative Kermode but like it. yeah 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 mark commode hates it but i find it like oddly fascinating like when it did lean into the sort of exorcist stuff i i enjoyed it it kind of it felt like a really individual film and i guess that's what the exorcist 3 does it go it it stands on its own as a really good yeah. film because it's like a, a sort of really tightly wound murder mystery but only three sort of... um has some great moments in it as well there's yeah. the, um, the, the famous one where the uh nurse or someone has a scissors giant scissors yeah there's like a, there's a that, the that's kind of like out of nowhere but when yeah but I don't know. Like th- that Is one the... definitely exists in the Exorcist world much better than the second one does. So I don't know if I've made this up in my mind, but at the end of Exorcist Three, where uh, Brad Dorif, Dorif, whoever what his name is, yeah, he plays the possessed guy, possessed priest or something. I can't remember. But as they're talking it's to like... him, is he like eight, like rapidly aging and de-aging as they're talking to him? I seem to remember, like uh, every time the camera cuts back, is like his face has changed, or like there's something. I don't think so, okay. but it's kind of weird because he's not the guy. He's like the guy is the priest from the end of Exorcist. Yeah, the one who jumps out the window and falls down the stairs. But he's like been possessed by Pazuzu and the spirit of this serial killer called the like Gemini killer, who mm. is that Brad. Dude. Um, oh, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe his face is turning into Brad Dorif's face, or something. Yeah, yeah, their face, their faces are like changing. I think Pazuzu's face is in there as well. But like, yeah, like a really genuinely unnerving film, um, with some really creepy visuals. And uh, yeah, I was pleasantly su- surprised by both of them. Um, the Exorcist, the beginning, I've seen as well with um, Peter Sarsgaard. Well, I've not seen that for years, so. I need to go and watch that again to see if that holds up. But I think that's that. that I think that's another one that's been panned. Yeah. Absolutely panned, Luke Condor. Absolutely panned. <laughs> the only other thing um, I downloaded Outlast two. And I okay. started going through it, 
Um, I've always I've heard lots of things saying it's nowhere near as, as sort of creative as the as the first one. Um, mm-hmm. But I've, I'm like ten minutes in, and I'm already thinking it's so scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just it's just like the, the, um, the mechanic of it, of the the camera and the batteries dying. Yeah. There's just something really terrifying about it. It's just horrible being in any game where you can't like defend yourself, isn't it? Yeah. Can you not yeah. can you not defend yourself in that? I don't think you can. No, no, you can run away. Uh they they did yeah. announce Outlast Trials at the next one. But it looks like they're going for that four V one sort of I mean actually I'm just sort of assuming that. Uh, okay. It looked but it looked like they were doing some sort of um cooperative versus killer. Yeah. Whatever that genre's called. Asymmetric. Co cooperative versus killer, yeah. I know what you mean. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I mean, I think I prefer Dead by Daylight to Friday the 13th. Yeah, I re-downloaded um, Dead by Daylight. Me too. Game. Especially for the Silent Hill stuff. Yeah, I had one so game. I purchased um, that. And I um, won. Died. But <laughs> it's um, it's good. It's a good game. I think, I don't know how you could, because people play that for like a year, like years. Like they just keep playing the same thing. And I, I don't know how you could play it for yeah. that, that long once you figured it out. Yeah, you kind of do it a few times and you go, that was pretty fun. Yeah. Get on with your life. We need to ask Lee about that because um, he plays it a lot. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, over there, man. Uh, um, what are we doing in Shadows? Yeah. Wait, oh, 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 I did watch one more thing. Oh, sorry. Go sorry. On. Sorry. I watched, actually, one more thing. I'm also going to mention really quickly, I watched a couple of classics that I hadn't seen in years. I watched Wishmaster on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, super dated, hasn't aged well at all. CGI looks kind of naff. Uh, everyone's kind of annoying. <laughs> That's that one. I did also watch Gremlins Two, um, which is like the most mental sequel that has ever existed. I think like it's just gone. Okay, if 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 Gremlins One is like four out of ten for Gremlins Madness. All right, no, no, six out of ten for Gremlins Madness. Gremlins yeah. Two is like nine hundred eight out of ten. For Gremlins Madness. I haven't uh, seen it in a long, long time. Uh, me, me neither. I, loved me it neither. I think I preferred it quite a bit to the first one as a kid. It's ever so entertaining, but at the same time unfulfilling yeah. as a as a sequel. Um, and the last one dressing up like Rambo though, isn't it? Yeah, that's great though. I, mean, I, like I, I do like that um, bit. Paperclip bow and arrow or yeah. something. Yeah. And I watched another film which I saw a trailer for and I found it looked quite interesting called Body Cam and it stars Mary J. Blige and also the brother of that wolf, that something wolf from Hereditary, what's his name? Alex Wolf. What? Oh, the brother of Alex yeah. Wolf. Yeah, so it's the brother of him. But basically, it's based around a murder to get, a, there's a murder, there's a murder and the body cam footage almost shows like some sort of supernatural going on. Yeah, of some sort, and Mary J. Blige tries to hunt it down, and there's like, uh, like crooked cops and and stuff. Basically, it's like one. It, it's a film. It doesn't know whether it's a drama or a horror film. It's a drama for the most point, and then suddenly it goes. Oh, actually, it might be a horror film. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. pretty much interesting. Wait there, pretty much nothing happens. Oh. I couldn't even. I could not even tell you what happens. Things happen. <laughs> And then the film ends. I said nothing happens and then things happen. But I was just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to get from that film. Who am I rooting for? What's the 
what's the outcome? Anyway, Maybe it was one of these films. You're asking where... too much of the film. Maybe you're asking too much. You should accept it for what it is. Entertain me. I should accept it for what it is. Mindless yeah. shit. And that's it. Yeah. There we go. Very um, nice. That's it though, Luke. That's it. Apart from that, I've been playing The Last of Us Two, which uh I won't say much about because I'm sure a lot of people are diving many, into it and how are they into it? How many innocent I reckon people maybe killed? I've killed a how I don't many know people about have innocent. Don't know about innocent. I made a lot of people scream, so I do a lot of stealth kills. <laughs> but uh, I reckon maybe six, seven hours in, and yeah, it's more of the same of the first game, like the same, same sort of vibes, the same sort of bleak, mm. hopeless nature with a little sprinkling of humanity. That's pretty much what it's like. Yeah, um, I feel like I can. T- it's one of those games where I can. It, it doesn't shock me because I can predict when things are going to happen based on the camera angle. <laughs> right. So when the camera comes in close to characters, yeah. I go. Something's going to happen here. Someone's going to jump out. Someone's going to do this. Someone's going to do that. When oh, the no. camera's at another angle, I'm like, I think I figured out the formula. When the camera's at another angle, I know I'm safe. I'm like That's, running around, yeah. jumping about. As soon as the camera goes to one <laughs> angle, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's maybe one moment where that didn't happen. but well, That's yeah. kind of what, it's great. Um, with like jump scares in horror films, uh, there's like around the 2000s. I think at some point, yeah. we all got pretty good at like, Saying yeah. something's about to happen or, or not, we got we figured out the formula. It's um, when every film goes super quiet, you know, yeah. you know, going quiet <laughs> so the next loud noise just has even more of an impact. Yeah, I'm always I in like Disney Pixar films. I'm always like, any minute now the parent will be dead or like something. Oh. we get we're gonna hit the really the sad uh, nadir of the film very soon. Yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. That's what you're expecting. <laughs> that's what I okay. think films for. Yeah. But that's that. That is that. But what we do in the shadows? So we're doing the movie. We're doing the movie, not the bloody series, man. That's completely different. Have you seen the series? I've seen the first series. Okay, and... me, too. me too. Okay, I haven't started the second series yet, but it's on the list as one thing I need to jump into soon. Although reviews I've been seeing is it isn't quite as good as the first series, but. Mm. Okay, so what we do in the shadows is a 2014 New Zealand mockumentary horror comedy film, written and directed by Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi. Um, oh, it's directed by both of them. I didn't even know that. Did you know that? Uh, Did yeah. you know that? I, think, well, I, I think thought so. it was just. I never really. Um, it, so it's the first instalment in the What We Do in the Shadows franchise, which is obviously just two series so far. It well, stars um, Jermaine Clement. The, the other series, isn't it? The Wellington. Wait, is that what you said? There's the Wellington Paranormal Investigator series. Oh, yeah, of course. And a, and a possible spin-off werewolf film, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Wellington Paranormal. Paranormal. <laughs> Paranormal. Uh, the film stars Jermaine Clement, Taika Batiti, along with Jonathan Brew, Ben Fransham, Stu Rutherford, and Jackie Van Der Beek. I'm assuming Stu Rutherford is Stu. Yeah, I've got some funny um, trivia about it. <laughs> Okay, so Viago, Deacon, and Vladislav are vampires who are finding out modern life has them struggling with the mundane, like paying rent, keeping up with the chore wheel, trying to get into nightclubs, and overcoming flatmate conflicts. Yeah. <clears throat> it's uh, got... I mean, it's a bit of a modern classic, really. It's got 4.1 on uh, Letterboxd, 96% Rotten Tomatoes. Audience is a little cooler on it, 86%. Um, I mean, as soon as... There's been like a flight of the Concord-shaped hole you know, in everyone's lives since the series yeah. ended. 
Um, and as soon as I think Jermaine Clement was involved in something, we were probably a bit sad about Brett not being in it. But this, this, was, this uh, yeah. was pre-Taika Waititi being maybe bigger the than man. everyone, being sort of the, the biggest out of all. Oh, them. yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, but I'd seen Taika Waititi's name because he directed Eagle vs. Shark. And I remember thinking yes. he was, I think he did some Fight Club episodes maybe. Um, yeah. But I had no idea he was Viago until years later. Oh, really? Yes, I did, oh, really? I've, been, I've had a bit of a, I've watched all of Taika Waititi's earlier films in the last couple of months, like Eagle vs. Shark, yeah. Boy, um, what else? There's something else I'm missing. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, obviously, obviously hunt, hunt for the World of People, this, and then obviously now he's made a big leap into Marvel and Star Wars and all that stuff. He's a big deal. Taika is that he's incredibly talented, but incredibly funny. And he just seems to like ooze sort of charisma. Did you do the thing on like... Uh... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, 20 years ago, like he won an Oscar for, his, for a short film. Uh, and he's like, oh, shit. Almost exactly the same as he is now in, in the audience there. He's kind of like tending to be asleep when the camera's on him and stuff. He just feels like he's always been that, that sort of troublemaker. Yeah, casual and funny it seemed, guy. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I really, really enjoyed the sense of humor that goes alongside this because it does feel like a extension of of the Flight of the Concords, deadpan, dry stuff. Um, and obviously, Jermaine being in it helps as well. Yeah, but yeah, I, I love it. I love it. It's uh, it really is good. And when you see pop up little cameos from people that you recognize from Flight of the Concords or, or those surrounding films and stuff is uh yeah it's was, very um, cool. <clears throat> so the first time I watched it, I was like it's pretty good and then i thought the tv series a series like took in it it's it's um taken it and made it a lot better but now i've watched this film again i'm like this is an absolute classic like it's so yeah. it's so spot on 
it's it's very much like a spinal tap for the for the horror crowd. Mm. Um, but it just, and I think like, no, perfect. Yeah, and I really enjoyed the series as well. But I think again, it it's as it's just as good as the as the actors they've got in it. So obviously like Matt Berry, um, Kevin Novak, and yeah, Matt I mean Dimitri, exactly. Yeah. Nat- Natasha, no, Natan, yeah. Natan. Sorry, it, it's, it's, <laughs> absolutely. Are they brother and sister? She's in staff. She's you? in staff. Let's flats, isn't she? Yeah, they are they brother and sister in real life. Jamie in real you? life. Yeah, Jamie, oh, okay. Jamie, and Jamie yeah. should be uh, a bigger star as well. Have you I seen... think he will. I think he will. So I think Stafflet's Flats has been nominated for a few BAFTAs. Okay. I think I saw his um his stand up routine. I don't watch much stand up anymore. But it was it was off the charts. It was amazing. Yeah. It it is it feels like that I think as soon as people cotton on to him, and I think a lot of people have, but as soon as people really do cotton on to him, he's gonna be like a huge, huge name. Yeah. Well he's in Fleabag, isn't um, he? But even then I don't think yeah. people kinda took him that seriously. But yeah, I think Stafflet's Flats has got a lot more in it. Like I think we've had three series now, but okay. yeah. you know, as soon as people do, as soon as that becomes even bigger, say if it wins big at the BAFTAs, people are going to be like, right, okay, take this. We'll see how many more series we get at. But yeah, I love that show. Yeah. Um, so here we've got Taiko Aditi as Viago von Dornisch, Martin Schade and Heinberg, me von Blitzenberg, <laughs> <laughs> aged 379, an upside member of the household, where Titi bases performance on his own mother. Uh, Jermaine Clement as <laughs> Vladislav the Poker, aged 862, a former tyrant with extreme powers. Uh, Clement bases his performance on Gary Oldman's Dracula. Jonathan Bruch, Bruch, uh, Bruch as Deacon Brook, aged 183, the young rebel of the group who is fond of knitting, erotic dancing, and being cool. <laughs> and Ben Fransherm as Peter, aged 8,000, who's like the Nosferatu. Oh, yeah. The uh, and then we've got Corey Gonzalez Mathieu as Nick, who's who becomes a vampire in the events of the film. Yeah, and then yeah. Stu Rutherford as Stu, who may be, you know, the, the focal point of the whole film, <laughs> the centerpiece of the whole film. But yeah, it's got obviously loads of cameos from people who I recognize from Taika Waititi's early films, like people who've been in Eagle vs. Shark and Boy, uh, Reese Darby, obviously from Flight of, Ca- Flight of the Concords. Uh, yeah, so it's all it's all good stuff. So it's like a fly on the wall documentary style, isn't it? Yeah, Pr- pretty much. I'm pretty sure that's what the series is. Is the series a fly on the wall documentary? Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah pretty the sure. Camera, the, the cameraman keep getting eaten. I think. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. So it's a documentary crew follow these four vampire roommates um, who share a flat in Wellington in New Zealand, uh, and we kind of get like a an introduction to everybody and everyone's kind of got different powers, haven't they? Yeah. Um, some, some can levitate. Uh, is it Vladislav can turn into animals? But you, can't but, uh, a, you can't get a faces <laughs> right anymore. Yeah. You can't get a faces right anymore. Uh, so he's just got the, an animal with a, with a Jermaine Clement face. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they kind of do go into how they ended up living in Wellington. Like what happened while they traveled there. I can't remember how they, they, I don't know how all of them got there, but I remember uh, Viago, his his girl that he liked had moved to Wellington and he got shipped by his familiar and they put the wrong postage on it. So it took him 18 months to to land. By that time, (laughs) the girl had moved on. 
<laughs> yeah, she moved on 18 months later. Um, Vladislav, we kind of get a little bit of history of him. So obviously, he's basically been there and done it all in terms of vampires. He's called the poker because he just like torture people, didn't he? Yeah. Like uh, poke them. And he's haunted. Torture chamber as well. Yeah. And he's haunted by memories of his nemesis, who he only refers to as the beast. Yeah. Um, and we see like lots of medieval illustrations and stuff of what the beast possibly could look like. And it's all pretty horrific. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it, it starts with um, Viago waking everyone up. It's, um, he's going to, it's like calling a flat meeting. Um, yeah. He's trying to wake up <laughs> Peter. Um, I think he just gives him a, a chicken or something. And then Peter has that. Yeah. Gives him a live chicken. Lovely. I mean, it's, it's, uh, just, it's really well, well played. Little. I mean, it's yeah, because obviously they're all they're all dressed they're all dressed in these in these like ridiculous outfits that you would expect. Like this is the thing they don't try to like make them modern and make them like fit into modern life. They're kind of like ripped out of their time period and left, and they yeah. kind of start like that. As they don't age, but they also don't adapt with everybody. Yeah. And they, it's not like they're trying to fit in either. So I quite like that. Yeah, that's an interesting take on it. So they have the the. Flat meeting at the start, and then they're like, "Where's Peter?" He's like, "Peter's eight thousand years old. He's, he's not coming to the flat meeting." Um, yeah, and it all starts off. I think they just basically just saying Deacon is like the young one. He's a rebel, and he's not doing the washing up. He had washed the dishes for five years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, they they even say like, "You need to wash the bloody dishes." And then we look at the dishes, and they are actually genuinely bloody, like covered in blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good stuff. That's good stuff, mate. Isn't it? That's classic. Classic. Yeah. Um, um, I think we get like the, the little how they spend their evenings. They go down to on the, on the bus. You go to the nightclubs and stuff. Yeah, and then like this is the hottest place in Wellington for vampires. There's like six people there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're introduced to like a familiar as well. So there's a woman called Jackie who's like Deacon's human familiar. She's just like a just a genuine. A general like mum character, uh, making lists of stuff when Deacon's asking her like various things. Obviously, she's keen to get turned into a vampire, as all familiars are. But Deacon yeah. can't even like remember that he <laughs> that he he's like, did I? I tell you, I was good doing that. Did he say, be gone? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. They've all got they kind of like um, uh, um, hypnotize people and do little bits and pieces. I don't know. I think we just get what hypnotism do we get? I think we just get that. There's a few bits. There's a few bits of hypnotism later as well. There, that is obviously explained. Um, And then is it we see like Vladislav? Like, (laughs) there's a bit where obviously they're walking. Is this when they're walking around, um, trying to get into nightclubs? Yeah, and obviously they need to be invited in. (laughs) So they're going right up to bouncers saying, "Can you just invite us into the thing?" And they're just like, (laughs) "Fuck off, get out of here." Yeah. Yeah, and then we see Vladislav like trying, like lurking outside someone's house at one point, trying to get, trying to get invited in and trying to use his 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 um hypnotism techniques, but obviously he's not so good at it. Yeah, ever since uh, the beast incident, we get the impression that he's yeah. had a, like a crisis of confidence. Yeah, which is not quite whoever knows how many hundreds of years later. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um. See, so, yeah, there's a bit where Jackie, the familiar, lures some virgins back to the flat. Uh, for vampires to feed <laughs> feed on them. This is pretty good. So there's 
a woman that like she knew in school who like maybe insulted her or something. So uh, she yeah. doesn't want to, she doesn't want to lure people that she's in any way connected to or attached to, but she knows obviously they're going to die. So it's um, this young woman and then this guy called Nick back to the flat. Um, but yeah, even, but then it's revealed like fairly early on that they're not virgins. Just like assumes one was a virgin. <laughs> from, you were a virgin the back, back, back then? Like what? Yes. Yeah. Did He's like, yeah, in school. <laughs> she was like, yes. Yeah, in school yeah um, uh, and they have a lovely dinner of spaghetti straight out of the tin oh yeah, yeah. um which deacon says do you like some would you like some biscotti uh, and he says what? biscotti biscotti <laughs> i think he offered me some biscotti <laughs> um and he goes why are you eating worms and then obviously he thinks that the spaghetti is worms and that's another, another way that they are really good because they're yeah. so like yeah. under like he's not screaming or anything he's just like what Worms. He's just like he's just like fucking worms, and when he's yeah. walking around the house, like trying to get away from them, like you see him, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, fuck off, <laughs> get out, God, what do I don't get out of it. It's like you yeah. see really horrific stuff of like his friend getting like her jugular torn out and blood splaying everywhere. He's like, fucking hell, we're all going to get me out of it. There's, there's there's I really do with the the back. Like he grabs his backpack yeah. or something and Deacon's arm. Come, yeah, that's it. good. Yeah. I like I like that. Um I really like Nick as well. There's something about Nick, like just his attitude and the way he goes through life. I just think Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like <laughs> it, mate. I'd be the same. I'd be the same. So uh then we get like a jump, don't we, in time. Like uh, well he months. tries to, he gets out the door, tries to run away and Oh Peter, right, okay, Peter yeah, I've got you. Him. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So Peter gets him and for some reason he didn't he didn't kill him. He decided to Peter allow turns, him to feed on him. Uh, Duncan, Duncan as well, right? Deacon. Deacon? Yeah. Uh, yeah, possibly. Did he turn them all? Oh, oh maybe then. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah. Um, so for some reason, he decides to <laughs> he decides to turn Nick into a vampire, and then we get like a time jump for two months, um, and Nick is officially like part of the group now. And he also brings his human friend Stu along to yeah. a lot of the gatherings. He's just like a normal dude, computer analyst. Uh, <laughs> and he kind of like really nonchalantly, um, Nick just basically explains to him that he's a vampire. He's like, do you realize I haven't been seeing you during the day anymore? And that I've moved a lot of our tennis games to Doesn't nighttime kind of... tennis games. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Didn't he kind of freeze, freeze him or something and say like, we're not going to eat. Him. even though i really want to eat him i'm not gonna eat yeah him. and then he just freeze him yeah he's working it right yeah yeah computers <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> but he shows them loads of stuff he shows them like the internet and cameras and, <laughs> and <laughs> take selfies and all that stuff so yeah. yeah stew's great stew's great for the for the overall morale of the group uh there's like a like a, a bubbling rivalry between deacon who was classically the, the young one versus mm-hmm. nick who's obviously yeah like 190 years younger. Yeah. Um, so obviously Deacon is like, despite the fact that he's like a bit of a rebel, he still obviously abides by most of the vampire rules. And as soon as Nick comes into it, he's already, you know, telling everyone that he's a vampire, uh, trying to eat human food, all of this stuff, which obviously yeah. we'll go into in a second. But obviously Deacon basically fucking hates him. He tells the guy, he's telling everyone in the club, I'm a vampire at Twilight. 
That's me. <laughs> yeah. So that's me. And then the, and then a the guy goes, "You're a vampire. I'm a vampire hunter." He goes, "Oh yeah, you stupid." Skype me. <laughs> Skype me. Yeah, yeah. Skype me later. Um. So what? So what helped? He's just around about a time. Like my Chemical Romance jacket is his sort of yeah. He's wearing like vampire. the yeah. He's really adapted to. He's struggling to adapt to his life, but he is trying. He's he's definitely got the get up yeah. now. Um, and after after he tries to eat some chips, he proper throws up, doesn't he, Nick? Yeah, he gets a scrap. Him and Deacon have a scrap. He yep. rips his jacket, Bam. and then he uh, sort of eats one of Stu's chips, and sort of riotously vomits up. Well, we see a bat fight first, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we see. Uh, Deacon and Nick fighting uh, in bat form, which is pretty funny. I like that. I feel like I'd, I'd like to watch that go down. Yeah. I mean, if you've ever seen a bat, when you see, you see a bat fly over your head, you can't really see. Oh, yeah. It's too fast. It's not like I wouldn't be able to catch Too fast, yeah, yeah. No, you wouldn't be able to see what's happening, would you? Just be like, yeah. oh, well, good times. So, I mean, um, so. Nick's really struggling. They all seem to love Stu. Um, but the vampire hunter, at some point, and one, one morning, uh, they hear Peter screaming in the basement. So they go downstairs. They find that Peter's... Uh, a vampire hunter has broke in, not down the boards, which is trying to cover the sunlight. So he's on fire. Yeah. And they find the vampire hunter that Nick had met with his head twisted on <laughs> Yeah. I don't oh, think yeah. at any point anybody the... thought... Yeah, yeah. go on. Maybe one of the best scenes with the two, the police come around. Oh yeah, um, this scene is phenomenal. So it's got uh, that actress who's also in Four Ragnarok and Hunt for the World of People, the the New Zealand actress. Four. Yeah, yeah, she's just um, uh, well, Jeff Goldblum's like right hand woman. Uh, okay, did I read yep. right that these these uh, these two weren't actors? They were actually police or something. Uh, maybe that's not oh no wait no no I've just realised that I've just got that completely wrong it's not that person yeah. uh, it's, it's it's the police officers are just yeah apparently they're they're actually police officers in real life I was thinking of someone yeah. else for some reason my they're bad in real life they pull off such an amazing performance so the, the yeah. whole whole gist is as they're being hypnotised so they don't see things as they are so when they when they get upstairs and they, they're looking at like the dead body or something. Um, yeah. Like, well, what's, what's all this? What's going on here? So yeah, he's drunk yeah, yeah. last night. He's, um, so basically, him. when she when she get when they get hypnotized, whoever does it says, I think it's Viago who does it. He says he's not yeah. very good at it, but he says you won't see anything strange or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And they just go down there, and there's a few times she goes. There's a few times where you get like obviously the. The, the the false hang on a minute what's this hang here? on a minute what's this here and you go like oh that's it the game's up but it's just yeah. like no fire alarms <laughs> oh yeah and like there's two vampires on the ceiling yeah what's this here then what no fire alarms oh that's... got flammable solvent here yeah right next and to just... some lit candle or something like that yeah yeah and they go oh yeah that's pretty bad actually yeah and they go well, uh, yeah but but they pretty much get away with it and should we, should and we even manage to no, let's explain? Make, let's see whatever safety tips they have around the house. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Don't want to kill the police. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty good. Uh, what, else, what else happens around about here? Uh, well, they kick Nick out. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, they kick Nick out because they're like, they blame him essentially for yeah. 
for what happened. Um, he gets banished. Um, but Stu has the right to come back as he when he pleases. Yeah. Stu can come back when you want. Stu, you're all right. Uh, yeah. When do we... When do we... So initially, when they were out roaming the clubs is when they bumped into the werewolves as well, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They went back from the clubs, yeah. Yeah. So obviously, that's pretty... I like this because you do kind of feel like they are werewolves. Without, literally, sometimes their eyes kind of glow, don't they? Or they, one of them gets a bit angry and they sort of... Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. good. But uh, yeah, I like, I like the little group dynamic they got going on with Restar B as the alpha, alpha male. Um, yeah, doesn't I'm, I'm the, doesn't uh, like it when the they alpha. swear. <laughs> yeah, they all listen to me. And there's like the yeah. nice, nice little bits in the, in the credits uh, with Restar B saying, what are you laughing at? Oh, yeah. Sometimes I like to test them. What are you laughing at? Well, I don't know, mate. No, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I got you again. And he says, what are you laughing at? And he says, like, nothing. Well, nothing. What, what are you at you? Oh, he passed the test. Yeah, passed the test that time. Yeah, Rusev is great as well. He's not too big, although he's—I'm pretty, pretty sure he's doing all right. He seems he's to in be... Jumanji. This is—I was watching—I exactly, was watching yeah, this, yeah. and and uh, yeah, my girlfriend said, and she was like, "No," I was like, "That's a shame. <laughs> That's a shame that he's known as that guy from Jumanji, yeah. rather than Murray." Murray, yeah, Murray. He maybe did. Maybe did what? <laughs> he maybe did what? No, no, he maybe did. Sorry, did he I, maybe uh, do. Gonna come to your birthday party, Dave. I uh, wasn't invited. Oh, that's all right. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, they all sort of go and turn up at the ball, don't they? Uh, they've obviously taken Stu because even though he's a he's a human, uh, he's part of the crew now. So. They've got to take him there. Uh, yeah. But then while there, Jackie does does appear and speaks to Deacon and she's been turned into a vampire by Nick. Was it Nick who did it? Yeah, I think it was Nick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then th- we get the reveal of like who the beast is um, and it turns out it's just Vladislav's ex-girlfriend, Pauline, um, and she's got a new boyfriend. Who's this? Who's the dude? Who's the new boyfriend? He's like, he looks like a Bo Selector character. Yeah, he's Australian, isn't he? I think. Is he Australian? All oh, right, okay. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Sounds about right. Um. Yeah. Also, so she, his nickname for her has been the Beast all this time, and her to him has been asshole. So there's this, yeah. that's been this constant back and forth. It's just like a, a bickering uh, relationship. Yeah, um, but Vladislav does turn up, even though he refused to attend. Uh, what was going on with him? He was like, he was all old and wrinkly and uh, well, he dusty was kind of and depressed, de- wasn't decrepit. he? Yeah. So he hadn't <laughs> eaten in ages. Yeah. And as they were leaving, they were like, um, <laughs> "Come on, go get yourself ready." She comes and said, "No, leave me to my evil bidding." He said, "What are you bidding on?" <laughs> a table. He was on the eBay or something. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, yes, but when he does turn up, he's in like he's all dressed up to the nines and looking like obviously like a big show off. Um, yeah. And when he turns up to basically have a go at a beast, well, uh, they find out that Stu's a human because everyone's like, "I'm a zombie. Uh, what? 
can I ask what you already went? You just start, I, I work in IT. Uh, <laughs> I work in IT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, and he starts trying to explain his, uh, uh, his yeah. job, and it's like a really sort of convoluted. Um, we take systems and analyze them. I'm a bit of a business analyst, but not really. And like, <laughs> everyone's getting dead angry at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and all him. this time, the zombie's like slowly leaning into him, almost yeah. like the penny's about to drop. But yeah, word quickly gets around that, that Stu is human. Um, but when Vladislav arrives, sort of at the at the right moment, doesn't he? Just before everyone's about to kick off and kill Stu. Yeah. Uh, but it, he has a fight with um, Pauline's new bloke, but it's Stu, Stu impales, yeah. impales the new boyfriend on like a flag or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kicking off. Julian is the new boyfriend fighting with, Vla- with uh, Vladislav. Yeah, and Stu just like impales him. And... Uh, they all they all leg it, don't they? They all they all leave around yeah. about this time. Um, and they're all like chanting Stu's name. Things kind of kick. <laughs> yeah, and then they all leave and pretty much encounter the same pack of werewolves from earlier, but they're all sort of ready to transform under the full moon. But they've like tied themselves up, haven't they? Or are they about to tie themselves up? They're about to. They don't get around to it. They all start to turn and they chase them. <laughs> around yeah um, Stu gets annihilated this is like pre- pretty scary like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but, oh, yeah he gets like, a cameraman gets like distant bow Stu gets like mauled uh, this is all pretty scary. Like this looks like dog soldiers, like werewolves, like blokes on stilts, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I think they leave it with Stu. They just have to leave Stu to be eaten by the wolves. Oh yeah, but then the police arrive, uh, and they um, they think this he's been attacked by a pack of wild dogs. We found the culprit here, <laughs> like a little border collie. Look at it; it looks okay now. <laughs> <Yeah. so. laughs> This yeah. is going to have to go to be put down, obviously. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so and then Stu sort, Stu sort of turns into, into a werewolf. Uh, but mm. I think we cut to a few days later. Uh, there's a nice bit with Deacon in the... What's his face? Uh, the new guy, I can't remember his name now. Nick. They have yeah. a, like a moment of reconciliation where Deacon's trying to make him yep. feel better about the loss of his mate. Um, his banishment is rescinded. Yeah. Um, and then Viago also manages to reconnect with Catherine, the, the girlfriend from <laughs> 1910. He was obviously an ancient, but he turns into, her into a vampire as well. And she's there, and it's like a big happy family scenario. Um, yeah. And then it's pretty much revealed not long after that Stu survived the attack. He's now a werewolf, and they sort of invite the werewolves in, don't they? Into the flat. To, they're all... They're all they're all friends now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, and, it, and that's it. I mean, it's, that's it. It's, it's um, a nice little, nice little way to end the film. Everyone's happy. Yeah, and we get a couple of cool little bits in the credits as well, where we see that Via- uh we see obviously Viago and Catherine, but we also see Vladislav's got back together with Pauline, aka the Beast, 
Um, and then Jackie has made her husband into a familiar. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've got some trivia for you. Cool. Uh, Is that the first question? Yeah. What moped was that? <laughs> what brand of moped was that? What year? What CC? <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Probably 250 CC, I guess, at the most. Yep. I don't know. Uh, okay, so um, <laughs> number one, what was the actor who played Stu hired to do? What was he hired to do? Yeah. Uh, IT? Uh, I don't know. Was he like... No, yeah, he got a stunt, <laughs> so, stunt double? So Stu, Stu Rutherford had not played uh, a primary acting role in the movie prior to appearing in this one. He was an extra in Boy, but he's actually a part-time business analyst for a Wellington company called Landwalks. He was hired for the film under the impression that he would be working on the computers and that he may have a small part in the film. And then they just kind of made him more and more... <laughs> made, him one of, <laughs> made him one of the biggest parts of the film. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's fantastic, really, isn't it? Yeah, I'm fairly sure I read they did something like that with the, the police as well. But thinking about okay. how good their performance is, they, they yeah. have to be actors, surely. I don't know. Yeah, you'd think so, but you never know. Yeah. You never know. Stranger things have happened. Uh, number two, uh, the building used for the exterior of their house uh, used to be which New Zealand director's office? Peter Jackson? Correct. How many New Zealand what? directors do you know? Uh, Peter Jackson, Taika Waititi, Jermaine Clement, and that's it. There you go. Um, yeah, uh, so, number three. Um, how long did it take to get this film made from writing it to oh. finishing it? Let's say, what well, from writing it to finishing the... I reckon it's a long time. Let's say... 15 years. Uh, it was nine years they took to get it done. Um, yeah, I remember this is an interview kind of with Taika and he's talking about it and how it took them about four years. It took them a long time to write the script because they're just really slow writers or something. Um, yeah. Okay, so I don't know if you noticed this, but on the side of the Cathedral of Despair, uh, there is a sign that kind of Shows you what the actual what it actually is when it's not the cathedral of despair. Did you happen to see what it actually was? Uh, was it like? No, I didn't. Was it like some ridiculous like a school? <laughs> uh, it's the bowling club, Victoria Ooh. Bowling Club. Ah. Oh. Um. Oh, okay. Here's, here's a nifty little bit of trivia. Okay, so the hill where the vampires had the first run-in with the werewolves was also used in a scene in which Lord of the Rings movie? The hill? Yeah. Uh, you just watched the recent movie. Is it? Yeah, I did, <laughs> but, but I don't recognise that. Um, I'm going to say the first movie. It is The Fellowship. Can you say which scene? Yeah. Um, is it some one of the scenes early on with like uh, when they think Vigo is the ranger and they go to the pub and the bed and breakfast or whatever it is and they end up to meet him. No? It's uh, where Fred and Hobbits are running from the Black Rider and they're hiding under the roots oh, of the tree. That's kind of close. It's in the, within yeah. the same 30 minute window. So, you know, I've got the film, I've got the window right. I'll, I'll take that as a victory. Yeah. I mean, out of the extended edition, that's, that's, that's a good. Yeah. 
basically. Nailed it. Uh, yeah, that's Nailed it, man. Um, you need to rate the film. Ah, oh, I haven't really thought about this. Uh, I know what I'm going to go with, though. Yeah, I think this is probably the second time I've seen this. So, like, I saw it once around about the release, and I loved it, and loved it enough to be really keen on the idea of there being a TV series, thinking it could translate really well. But going back to the film, watching it for a second time, like I just realized how much of it stuck with me in terms of quotable bits and memorable, yeah. cool little bits and jokes that are just too good not to, <laughs> not to like enjoy over and over again. Um, obviously, in terms of a horror movie, I don't think we've done many horror comedies on this podcast, have we? I know we've done Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Um, I suppose there aren't that many horror comedies anyway. It's one of those genres, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I think it works <laughs> well. Obviously, mainly as a comedy, but it's good. It kind of sends up the horror genre a little bit. But it's also a bit of a love letter to the horror genre, I think. Um, whereas it doesn't, it kind of respects the nature of the vampire mythology as well as taking the piss. Yeah. So I'd probably give it, I'd give it an A minus, I think. Ooh. Uh, oh, fuff. I was going to go a, a note higher. I was going to go with an A, just a solid A. I mean, I can't really think of what. Maybe I'd like a, a few more gag, like gag jokes in there, but I don't think so. I think it's played really, really perfectly. I can't think of anything yeah. I really want to change in the film. It's kind of a perfect little. No, no. It nails it's great. what it's doing. Yeah. And I'm definitely going to check out the second series, I think, in the next week or so. Yeah, I mean, Matt, Matt Berry is a sort of, um, you, you know, you always, you know what you're going to get Matt Berry. But Kyvin Novak, yeah. I think, is fantastic. Just about everything he's yeah. done as well. Superb. I think everyone, even the like, minor characters in it are good as well. Oh, like, the, familiar uh, and the, the Charles Robinson. Vampire. Charles Robinson, Energy Vampire. Yeah, we've all known somebody like that. So uh, yeah. it's very cool. Good times. Good times. Keep saying that tonight. Cool. Okay, man. Let's finish up. What's next week? We're doing a double bill at Cemetery One yeah. and Two. So we did say this the last episode, but things you know, just sometimes things just don't work out the way you expect them to. So uh, next week we're going to do the Pet Cemetery original Pet Cemetery and the sequel with a special guest. Yeah, 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 Jay Slosman. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about his book as well about horror movie sequels. Have you read it yet? You I haven't got it yet, but uh, I am going to read it. Cool. It's really good. I really, really um, liked it. Yeah. As I said, I've been swatting up on my horror movie sequels by watching quite a lot recently. So oh, be ready and willing. Cool. cool. Nice one, dude. Right. Uh, thanks Another for episode in the bag. <laughs> Uh, if you enjoyed it, become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Thanks to Kovacs Cowman for our theme music. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, please consider rating and reviewing. Um, and remember to join the Facebook group, Horror Hangout for the Advisors. And thanks to my co host, Ben, and the Rattle Dude. Thank you very much, Luke. Much obliged. Nice. Until next time. Bye.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.